0: we fail to acknowledge that everything we have comes from God and so this is a this lesson is a reminder uh, that God's promise of provision doesn't change it stays the same he is not only the creator of life but he is the giver and sustainer of life and so he provides all that is needed for life to be sustained we begin with question 1 on page 29 how would you define the good life? How would you describe the good life? People talk about living the good life. How would you describe the good life? Any other time, what comes to mind? Okay, material things. Good
1: Life is knowing Jesus Christ. Okay. That's the good life. Getting up and getting into His Word all with joy okay. and that's the good one.
0: Okay, so would you say then the majority of people, when they think about the good life, they think about material yes. possessions? Yes. Okay, that is correct. The majority of people think about what they have, what they can get, that would make life easier or comfortable. Not many people think of the good life from a spiritual perspective, because they only think about life in this world. Okay, let's look at Bible meets life on page 30. This is a timely one. Could we have someone read that one, please?
2: God provides for those who choose to live under his care. The night the thunderstorm shook our house was certainly an unpleasant experience for our three-year-old. <coughs> the return to contentment came in in the form of his father, <coughs> that is to say, me. Daddy, can I sleep in here tonight? Many nights when he was afraid, my son would make this request and then placed the sleeping bag on the floor next to our bed. But before my son would drift off to sleep, he would ask me to hang my arm over the side of the bed. <clears throat> when I asked why, he said, just so I'll know you're there, those nights with my son are a wonderful reminder of how God responds to our needs. David penned Psalm 34 because he knew this truth. Whatever our needs, physical, emotional, or spiritual, Our Father in Heaven responds and provides. Just as my son found what he needed when he knew I was right by his side, our Heavenly Father promises to be be by our side as well. Let's take a a deeper look at how he provides.
0: Okay, and Psalm 34 is one of those psalms that we read a lot. when we think about difficulties and trials that we're going through, most people are directed to that psalm. Psalm 34 praises the Lord for his deliverance uh, of the fears and, 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 and allows them to, to really place their confident trust in him. The psalm is, so, is associated with David seeking refuge uh, with the Philistine king Achish of Gath or Abimelech, when David fled from the court of Saul. David's reputation for slaying the Philistines preceded him. Wherever he went, he found people were always thinking about that and talking about it. And when David feared for his life, he pretended to be insane before the king in order to be able to escape from harm. He started to act crazy and the king said, man, get this crazy fellow out of my sight. And so he wasn't crazy, but he was pretending to be so. And as a result, he got away with it. And you know, there are people today who do that. People commit horrible, terrible crimes. And when they get called, called before the courts, they pretend to be crazy so that they can get off.
2: Yeah.
0: It happens all the time in the United States. We just had the shootings in Oregon. Okay. Now I can guarantee you, if that fellow didn't get killed and he went to court, they would have plead guilty so exactly. by reason yeah. of insanity. insanity. All right, people do it all the time. In David's case, he pretended to be crazy to get away with his life because he was innocent. He didn't do anything wrong. But people are using that ploy today uh, to get away with murder and, and, and terrible crimes. Okay, let's look at the passage. Uh, someone read the first uh, verses 4 to 7.
1: I pray to the Lord, and he answered me. Free me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. I cry unto the Lord in my sufferings and he heard me. He set me free from all my fears. For the angel of the Lord guides all who pray.
0: Okay, who is the angel of the Lord? The The Lord God Almighty. Okay, and he appears at different times. Uh, We see that phrase used repeatedly. Uh, When we see that phrase, it's talking about God coming to the rescue of his people. We see that a lot in the Old Testament, where the angel appears to be distinct distinct from God. At other times, he appears to be the Lord himself. Uh, The background event referred to in Psalm 34 Is actually found in 1 Samuel chapter 21 David fleeing from King Saul took refuge in the Philistine city of Gath now where do we remember Gath from Goliath's hometown right he took place took refuge in the city of Gath and some of the royal servants identified David to the king Achish as an Israelite warrior. So they saw him, they recognized him, and they so told the king, listen, this, this fellow David, this warrior David is in town. Afraid for his life, David pretended to be insane when brought into the king's presence. Apparently David inwardly prayed while he ranted and raved outwardly. And so while he was play, acting like a crazy man on the outside, on the inside, in his heart, he was praying to God, Lord, please let this work. Please let this work. Please let the king think I'm really crazy so that he can get, get rid of me. That's sort of like the prayer he was praying in his heart. So even though his outward actions was that of an insane or crazy person, inwardly he was actually communicating with God to get him out of this 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 uh, scrape this that he was in. And so Akish thought him to be crazy, thought he was a crazy man, and uh, told the gods to get this crazy man out of my presence. <laughs> And David realized that it was the Lord's response to his heartfelt plea for deliverance, not his pretense that secured his deliverance. In other words, David credited his getting thrown out of the king's presence as the Lord's doing. He didn't give he didn't credit it as plain crazy as the, the reason why it happened. Okay? He credited God's answer to prayer. In other words, when he was, when he was praying, acting like a crazy man on the outside and praying inwardly on the inside, he says, God answered my prayer, and God delivered me from this, the presence of the king. Some years later, he wrote this psalm to show how the Lord delivers the righteous when they call upon him. Okay, so this psalm is a good psalm for us to use as an example of how God delivers his people when we find ourselves in trouble. You can be creative, but while you're being creative, in other words, put it this way, you pray as if everything depended on God and you do whatever you need to do as if everything depended on you. That's another way of putting it because that's exactly what David did. David acted crazy because he felt that it all depended on him, but inwardly he trusted God because he knew that only God could get him out of this mess. Verse 4, God responds... When we call to him In verses 4 and 6 David testified How the Lord heard his prayer And delivered him From his terrifying ordeal Nine chances out of ten If David hadn't done what he did He probably would have been killed He would have been killed Because remember He was in the hometown Of Goliath And of course The town suffered tremendously When when Goliath got killed uh, By David you know, a lot of things happen and so they were all out to get this fella. But when they saw that he was a crazy man, uh, they, they said, well, you know, you can't kill a crazy person. He already suffering enough. Okay, get him out of here. Probably his, his insanity is enough suffering. Let him go on to, con- to, the, to continue to suffer. Okay. Um, question number two. What does it say?
1: Question number... Th-
0: okay. What emotions do you experience when you read these verses? Yes. What emotions do you have when you read the verses of this, this passage that we just read? Mm-hmm. Do we get any emotions at all?
1: To me, when I read, I get so Lord in I just draw an illustration of this Then I heard about Chris
0: And they said they were going to be him I say, Lord, bring him down to the Miami my- area. Mm-hmm. When I hear last night,
1: he's in my And they said, Praise the me. Lord So there you go <laughs> <laughs> That's an answer to prayer I, I tell you, he keeps me excited
0: Where was he before?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm here, right? well, I take up in right building okay. I'm taking the building table
0: Okay So he's close up Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Notice verse 6. David rephrased his testimony in verse 4. And he spoke in the first person. He said, I sought. I sought. Okay. (laughs) This time he spoke in the third person. This poor man cried. Or is not a reference to financial poverty. Rather, it is an admission of David's helplessness in facing his fears and troubles apart from the Lord's intervention. Okay, so when we think about ourselves as this poor child of God cries unto the Lord, you're talking about yourself as one who is helpless and hopeless, doesn't have anything to do with financial poverty. But you're talking about a person who is helpless to do anything to prevent themselves from suffering anymore and you're calling upon the lord to help and so rather his admission is helplessness the phrase and the lord heard him is a parallel to and he answered me and he answered me how many times can we say that when we make a prayer request to the lord to say the lord answered me. That's a good feeling isn't it? To know that you pray to the Lord God Almighty and little you finite little being like you are, the infinite God responds to you. Well, that's powerful but God does it and He does it all the time and I believe He does it because a tiny little remnant in the Bahamas prayed for that storm not to come our way and even though it stayed over those islands for a few days God was God was speaking. He was saying something. And yes. we probably haven't gotten the message yet, but he was saying something. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Okay, and then of course on the lighter side, someone said it's better in the Bahamas, so Walking didn't want to leave.
1: Okay, question number two. Oh, we read question number
0: two. Look at let's let's read the passage on page thirty-two. Let's have someone read that power, the child the paragraphs on page thirty-two.
3: David begins Psalm 34 by praising God, and he invited us to join him in proclaiming God's greatness. Verses four through seven shows us why God's greatness was on David's mind. Whatever need need David experienced, God was there to to meet it. Look at the actions David mentioned and the subsequent responses from God. When we seek the Lord, He answers and delivers. Verse four. When we look to the Lord, He fills us with His joy. Verse five. When we cry to the Lord, He hears and answers and saves us. Verse six. When we fear the Lord, He encamps around us. Verse seven. God never intended for us to navigate the challenges of life on our own. He wants He wants to be by our side every step of the way. His desire is for us to be acutely aware of his presence, of course, of his presence, of cause. God will not force his presence and provision on us. But when we seek him, look to him, cry out to him, fear him, he will be there for us. Notice in verse six that no problem is too big for our God. God will deliver the one who calls to him from all of his troubles.
1: The greatest comfort
3: comes in verse 7. God doesn't just provide what we need, what we need. He provides himself. Throughout the Old Testament, appearances of the angel of the Lord indicate the presence of God. He is always near. God is not an elusive deity we have to search for we have to search
0: for our life to find Rather, He encamps around those who fear him. Okay, he encamps around those who fear him. You don't need to go looking for him, he's always there. As we move to verses 8 to 10 we'll continue to see David's thankfulness for God's provision, especially the provision of his presence. Notice verse 8 to 10. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy is the man who takes refuge in him. You who are his holy ones fear Yahweh, for those who fear him lack nothing. Young lions lack food and go hungry, but those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. Notice that? Those who seek the Lord will not lack any good good thing. So we've seen that satisfaction and goodness are ultimately found in God alone. Next David encouraged fellow believers to taste the goodness of the Lord for themselves. You see you can describe as much as you can how good God is to an individual but the best thing you can do for them is to tell them listen taste God's goodness for yourself by having a relationship with him. I can explain it in all, all the flamboyant and the, pretty words as possible but the only way you can experience is if you have a relationship with God himself and that's what David is doing here he's saying taste and see that the Lord is good my words are not enough to get to convince you take God and try him for yourself person who takes refuge in the Lord for safety is described as happy happy the Hebrew word for happy is also translated blessed And those who walk in a right relationship with God, notice a right relationship with God, and experience the joys of his goodness. Those who take refuge or trust in him are indeed blessed. Okay, let's look at the uh, paragraphs on page 33. All of us want to find contentment in life but our culture has put its own spin on what that contentment should look like. The world bases contentment on happiness, unhappiness on how much money a person has, the type of car he drives, the square footage of a a house, or a myriad of other unimportant things. As an alternative, consider what Jesus said about the good life. Watch out, be on your guard against all greed, because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions, according to Luke twelve 15. Don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But collect for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew 6. 19 to 21 Don't miss the distinction Present in verse 8 God doesn't simply provide Good things for us He is the ultimate good God is the ultimate good Taste and see That the Lord is good Not the things the Lord provides is good now But the Lord is good Only God can fill our lives with true joy How happy is the man who takes refuge in him Verse 8 we waste we taste God's goodness, all that he provides for us when we take refuge in him. Within the refuge of his presence, God has promised that he will not that we will not lack any good thing. According to verse ten, this promise is for all who seek the Lord, and the key there is seek. Jesus stated this same truth in the Sermon on the Mount. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Matthew 6.33. Whatever you are our needs, He is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think. Remember that verse? We yes. talk about, we quote it all the time. As Ephesians 3.20. Yeah. Okay. He is able to do above and beyond all that we can. In other words, He do more than you expect. Question number three, what does it say?
3: How can we intentionally taste the goodness of God?
0: And we have the answer right there in the passage. How do we do that? Intentionally taste the goodness of the Lord. The good seek, him. seek Him. Seek Him, that's the key. We seek Him. Okay. Notice, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and His righteousness. And all these things will be provided for you. The other voice is, he is able to do above and beyond all that we can ask or think. Keep those voices in mind. Question number four. How do we
3: reconcile
0: these promises with the suffering of God's people? How do we reconcile these promises with the suffering of God's people? Any thoughts? If God makes these promises, how do we explain the suffering that God's people go through? Remember now, suffering is part and parcel of the Christian pilgrimage. Okay? Hmm? We've been called to suffer. Called to suffer. Yeah. Because suffering identifies us with the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus said, if the master was persecuted, does the servant get away scot free? No. No, we share in the sufferings of Christ. And when that happens, God is more glorified when he comes into our sufferings and delivers us. He gets more glory out of it, out of our sufferings, than us. And we are. Exactly, and that's the the future promise. If we suffer with him, we will reign with him. But the, the challenge is that God is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think. Even when we are going through sufferings, God is still present and accounted for. He's not absent, he's not too busy with something else. He's present. So as we conclude the exploration of Psalm thirty-four, we'll see some practical and inspirational words of wisdom in verse eleven fourteen. But there's an exercise there. Uh, The exercise called God's Provider on page thirty-four. Use the space below to illustrate a time when God provided for you in a major way. Anybody?
1: When my husband how God provided me uh, being able to wait and uh, take care of him at
0: the same time. Amen. He was table from school
1: like I take him any time to go and just let them look. So I think that is God's vision. Amen. Anybody else? i <laughs> take it here and, and then we transported uh, periodically you know the distance there where we lived where we had to go to that hospital, mm-hmm. to that hospital. and just the transportation was there and um, the son was able to get time off and, um, finally the uh, finance came through and he was able to take care of life.
0: Okay, so God is able, God is able, and he provides in practical ways that only he could be attributed with what transpired, Yes. uh, so that he would get all the glory. Okay, verses uh, 11 to 14. Someone read 11 to 14, please. Come, my children, and
1: listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Do any of you want to live a life that is long and good? Then watch your tongue. Keep your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Work hard and live in peace with others.
0: Okay, choice words, good advice. We need to take note of. Uh, Let's look at uh, page 35. We've already seen that when we fear God, according to verse 9, and seek him, according to verse 10, he meets us in our need and provides abundantly. But what does it look like to seek and fear the Lord? The psalmist highlighted three important actions for us to follow. Number one. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Mr. Brenda, your voice said, Stop lying and do what? Uh, then, uh, then
1: watch your tongue. Keep your lips from telling lies.
0: Okay, watch your tongue. Okay, stop your tongue from telling lies. Okay, watch your tongue and stop telling lies. To fear the Lord, we first must acknowledge that He is just, right, and holy. Such an acknowledgement must be reflected in our desire to be just, right, and holy as well. Be holy because I am holy, according to 1 Peter 1.16. One way we do that is through our, what, speech. We do it through our speech, he says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Number two, turn away from evil and do what is good. God is holy and he will have nothing to do with sin. We are to be like Him. But a holy lifestyle is not just about avoiding evil. It's also about doing good. So how can we identify the evil we must avoid? How can we know the good to pursue? First, the scriptures have been given for the purpose of revealing who God is and what His standards of righteousness are. God's word defines what is good and evil. Secondly, prayer allows us to approach God's throne with boldness when we need answers or need to receive his grace, according to Hebrews 4.16. And thirdly, our place as part of the church offers a community of disciples who both encourage us and keep us accountable. And then number three, Seek peace and pursue it. Being a wholehearted follower of Christ does not mean we will live in a trouble-free relationship or situations. But we are commanded to pursue peace. Pursue peace with everyone and holiness. Without it, no one will see the Lord. And that's according to Hebrews twelve fourteen. In other words, you run after peace. You chase after peace. Sometimes peace can be elusive. You chase after it, you run after it. You do whatever you can to catch peace, is what he is saying. Isn't that what we need in our country today in all this this time of civil disobedience? When people are taking matters into their own hands and nobody's looking to resolve conflicts in a civil way? Seek peace. Whatever it takes to get peace, do it. Respond to, to God with fair reverence and holy submission. When we do, We will begin to experience His grace and provision in all its abundance. Question number five. Since God is our provider, what is our responsibility in experiencing His provision?
1: Depending
0: on Him. Total dependence on Him. Total dependence on Him. Notice what the point says God provides for those who choose to live under his care. So we could choose not to live under his care. If you choose not to live under his care, then you cannot expect God's provision. That's the bottom line. Notice that the point is, God provides for those who choose to live under his care. So if God is not providing, then we need to examine whether we are living under his care. We are choosing to live under his care, or whether we're doing our own thing. Okay, live it out. Page 36. How will you choose to live under God's provision and care for his and and his care this week consider the following suggestions the first one is express thanks (coughs) God's greatest problem in Israel during all those 40 years 40 years in the wilderness was ungratefulness ungrateful no matter what God did God did a miracle for them today and provided this. the next day they were ungrateful grumbling and complaining and griping okay express thanks Make a list of all the ways God has provided for you. Remember that hymn? Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Well, make a list. What God knew to be surprised what God has done. Be specific. Use that list as a reminder to thank God every day for his involvement in your life. In other words, you make that list and you keep it with you. Whenever you feel down or feel left out or feel as if God ain't there or God ain't doing what you want him to do or doing what He asked, what you ask him for, look at that list. Confess your needs. David wrote, I sought the Lord and he answered me. God knows all your needs, but his knowledge does not lessen our, your responsibility to pray. Speak with him honestly this week about your deepest needs. Be sure to listen for his answers. And then thirdly, be confident, or or rather be a conduit of God's provision. One of the ways God has provided for you is through the love and generosity of others. Therefore, keep an eye open this week for situations and opportunities where God may want to use you in order to provide for someone else. And that's timely because those people in the islands that are affected need help now. So there's a good way to apply this third one. We can't, protect, we can't protect our children from storms of life forever. Nor will we be protected from every difficult circumstance. Yet we can live with our hearts at peace in the knowledge that God provides for us. But God provides for those who choose to live under His care. So you cannot expect God to provide for you if you choose not to live under His care. Okay, even though the Bible reminds us that God reigns the just as well as the unjust. But you, you are better benefited if you choose obediently to live under His care. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for the reminder today. That you are a God who provides, especially in light of what our country has gone through. We now see the practical need and application of this lesson today. And we pray, O oh Lord, that we may take opportunity to apply it in our circumstances. Bless us now as we separate. We pray for your blessed benediction. As we go into the service, we ask your blessings. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.